So today I got to speak to Samantha from Embrace Life UK and we had a fascinating chat about holistic health, PT, coaching, how she approaches clients, accountability and just an array of subjects. The lady really knows her stuff and it was fantastic to do. So thank you, Samantha. Hello, Samantha. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. Hello, David. And how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know, like we just discussed, I'm just pleased there's no technical issues that I've yet to um, come across. Um, but I'm still completely paranoid about it, and uh, and strangely still get nervous when doing this. So, um, could you just explain to people who, who you are and what your website is or business? So I um. The easiest way to describe me is, is a personal trainer because that's what everybody's familiar with. When, when we start saying health, lifestyle, health and fitness coach, people, it, it's a title that we see around nowadays a lot, but I don't think people really understand what it means. They just see personal trainer, I need to get fit, that's who I see. Um, but ultimately what I do is it's slightly deeper than that. So yeah, I do help people get fit. I do train them um, in my gym, in the back garden, all that kind of stuff. But, but more than that, um, I help people overcome issues that they might have mentally and um, help them overcome issues with um it sometimes can be training issues it can be issues around nutrition around food what is to why um, find out basically what's holding people back and get them to really enjoy what they're doing and and understand then the need to do it as in the benefits of, of doing it of, of keeping it as a consistent habit so for me i'm a bit like you I, i've looked you up myself you you um deal with habit change and that's in a nutshell what I do you know personal training is a facet of that um, but it's much wider in, in what way do you find it's much wider um exercise in itself is exercise everybody knows how to exercise personal training if you want you know if you're not sure how to take it, you're not confident go see a personal trainer build your confidence you've got yourself a training partner um but again it's it's more than that because people don't know. So we can guess on exercise. When we're younger, we'll guess on exercise. We'll probably guess on it quite well. You know, if we go for a run and you do a few press ups, when you're younger, that tends to work and you get, get into that and, and your body just metabolizes like, oh, wow, this is great. And as you get a little bit older, like, well, that used to work. Why didn't it work anymore? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what, do I, what don't I know about myself? You know, what's suddenly gone wrong that I can't do what I used to do to get to where I want it to be? Um, and sometimes it's stress, it's, it's lifestyle, they don't understand that actually they're not doing it enough, they don't understand that the body changes, um, and unless it's a lot of mental stuff, the relationship around food, the re even the relationship with either, you know, the children, siblings, partners, um, there's, there's all sorts of facets that come into it, and we kind of, by, un by peeling back the layers, we can really get people to look back into themselves and actually say, well, this is what you want, this is what's holding you back, so this is what we have to deal with. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean I deal with everything. I'm not a therapist. And a, <laughs> and a, and a, I, I'm not everything rolled into one. But what, what I have made it a really um, point of doing is seeing the cues and where the cues are, thinking, actually, do you know, this person could probably do with some help from a person that deals with this specific thing. So I might send them off to a therapist or a coach or someone that deals with so it could be something as simple as de-stressing. I know you know Caroline Kavanagh as yeah. well because she, 
um, I have sent I have sent clients to Caroline as well because sometimes it's it's a mindset thing. It's a block, and Caroline's really good at, at, at getting into that and kind of really understanding people, uh, getting people to understand their stress is holding them back, and she can do it in a much more um, productive way than I can. Yeah, you know? Caroline. So, um, it's there. Yeah. And I, actually this is we can carry on training we can focus on all the all the fundamental stuff but what you need to do as well is understand that this is also a block and we'll send you off to this person have a few sessions with this person for a while and that'll kind of make moving forward easier yeah no because i mean uh, caroline's a good point because i'm actually one of her clients she's my therapist do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's how that's how i talked her into doing my first ever podcast <laughs> i did watch it <laughs> thank you so, so you're the other person yeah. uh, and no and it, it's true because we can't be all things to everybody and, and even if you are um some people just don't like you <laughs> or won't no. listen to you you know there's a no. kind of <clears throat> there's an energy that people have to tune into and and if you have that click with any uh, with somebody um i, I find you, you can just create miracles with them that they didn't know were possible um yeah. but I, there's a couple of things because you said a few things there, and, and one of the things I liked was the fact you said about peeling back the layers, and that, that there's different cues for different people. And yeah. do, do you ever see a commonality with people about either what's holding them back physically? Because I, I try and explain to people because I'm not actually a PT. I, I just I, I coach. I, I'm basically a, a mind person, although I train in my garden. So I have a gym in my garden. So, but I don't ever physically yeah. train anyone else. Um, but I associated everything to the way I think. It's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, you're doing this. Okay. Do you know what I mean? What cues do you see? Because uh, one of the reasons I want to get into that is because it actually, you focus on women's lifestyle. You, you actually, yeah. uh, it does say, I'm correct, isn't it? it does say on your website, coach for, coaching for women. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what are some of the commonalities you see or the cues? Um, stress and the need to be busy or the need to feel busy. Um, otherwise they don't feel productive they start to feel guilty because they're not busy and so when they're not physically busy their mind's busy and they can't switch off I'm like, that, that's the biggest thing potentially that's holding you back um, and, and I do try and explain it to people very simply if you look at your hormones and, and your stress hormones and they're very very good at, at doing their job um, but if you're wanting them to constantly do the same job 24-7 and they don't get a break guess what your body doesn't get a break yeah. Um, if your body don't get it, if your mind don't get a break and your body don't get a break, no matter what it is that you're doing, you're not necessarily going to go in, in the right area um, or get in the right direction, no matter how much exercise you do. I've, I always emphasize it's not about battering your body, it's about learning to work with your body, understand the cues of your body, understand your needs. Sometimes you might come into a session, I've written one session, and I've had this happen quite a lot, and, and the client's like, well, I just didn't want to give up my session. But I don't feel 100% like, right, well, let's trash it. Let, let's see what your body's feeling and we'll just go on and do that then. Because it's you keeping that routine and that habit, keeping that yeah. habit mindset is, is, is equally as important as as the doing. So sometimes we can change what the doing is, but it, but still keep the habit there. And I, I do that with myself all the time. <laughs> um, sometimes <laughs> I don't feel like training, but I'm thinking this is my training time. So, you know, habit, let's go at least go and attempt to do something. Um, and again, that, that's kind of what I work with. And, and with women, it's keeping busy. It's not understanding that that time that you're putting into yourself, actually, that, that's, a, that's habit. You know, you've got to put that time into yourself and understand that that time to yourself can be rest. 
it can mean recovery, it can mean training, so it can just mean mental rest, if, if, it's, if that's what you use to mentally switch off, then great. Um, it means eating right, it can mean planning your food ahead of time so that actually you're not, you're not stressing about that yeah. further on down the line. You know, you know kind of what's coming and you're, you're not, you're not uh, to demands of where life's happening to you all the time and you have no control over what you can say yes or no over and therefore you feel guilty about saying yeah, about saying no to stuff so you become a yes person. Um, I, and I've always said nice people aren't nice people and people look at me really weird when I say that. They're, they're not. Quite a controversial statement, but it is. Them it's true. Nice aren't nice people. Um, they, they, people. They will say and do all the right things in the right company, but underneath, they're, they are so in a lot of pain um, and that comes out in, in other ways that can be quite, quite destructive um, and certainly for people that are living with them can be quite damaging as well. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're people pleasing and, and that's all they're trying to do and they build up um these layers of resentment because you know I mean? yes. they don't want you to ask but you do and they don't want to say no so then they do it but resent doing it and you times that by five a five-year relationship and they hate you because <laughs> they <laughs> never once said yes um so never once said no and you're just like hang on a second you know um so just peel back some different layers how did you get into this um so for me it was like I said my, my background is in fashion and um, I was a chef before that I was in the army um but I think I came from a very what looked like a stable family background but actually being in that family background it wasn't very stable in my position I was the eldest and I was a stepdaughter um, and I was the I was you know I was kind of the lone child as it were in many ways despite being the eldest because I was the eldest of then obviously all the expectations on me were there to start off with and I was the one that was going to fail or I was, I was either going to do really really well or I was going to fail and all that kind of stuff so I had loads of literally other people's crap put onto me basically obviously when you're growing up you don't realise this and you have to kind of go <laughs> and you find it out as you get older and one day you have this wake up moment where you're oh my god that's what happened. Now I know. What can I do about it? Yeah. <laughs> and and I found out this like usual story. You know, I, I got ill. I got ill to the point where I, I didn't know what was wrong with me. The doctors were worse than useless, and I just thought, you know what? I am not living my life in the same way that everybody else does, where they accept illness. I just there's something in me that wouldn't accept that ill ill is just a part of aging. Yeah. That that's not how I want to feel. Um, and so then I started on this journey of kind of healing myself um, and became a PT. A part of that journey was becoming a PT because it was understanding my physical self and my physical needs and why I wasn't possibly responding to things the way that I wanted my body to. I didn't have, I didn't feel in control of my own body, alone anything else around me. It was myself I didn't feel like I had any control over what was happening with me. And I think that was probably the most painful thing I ever went through. Uh, roughly just for context roughly what age were you when it started to happen and then at what age did you kind of have the epiphany so like to happen around i'd have been around 32 years old but it's it was little autoimmune signs like i would started with dry patches of skin and later on hair started falling out and i just feel stressed or i one day i'd be fine next thing i wasn't you know the odd bouts of depression um, so it literally came on in stages over the years and I think I, I, I was in Paris with my boyfriend and my children at 35 
and um, I quit my relationship in Paris. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Everybody else gets engaged here. Why not to be different? <laughs> so yeah, somebody was on their knees for a different reason. Yeah, you know, that was me. I'm like, oh, oh, I've got to be honest, I think that's pretty classy, actually. We're going to go to Paris for a nice romantic weekend and I'm not going to fuck you off. Um, well, <laughs> do you know what? We've gone to Bruges first. It was a road trip. We've gone to Bruges. We've been through to Route Bay. We've done a little bit of France and we've got to Paris. And it, it, in Bruges, we were absolutely fine. We'd obviously had teething problems before. Yeah, th- these aren't overnight decisions. Um. But um, I think I, I just got to an absolute breaking point in Paris and I, just, I, I had a massive meltdown on the Champs-Élysées of all places to have a really good meltdown. <laughs> that is a really classy place to do it. It's brilliant. <laughs> Your partner in the middle of the street, yeah. not being able to make sense of anything. And I think that was quite a pivotal moment because I, went, I literally made him that day. I said, that's it, we're, we're done. Um, the kids aren't having fun because this can't be any fun for them. We're just going to go home. Um, so we, we drove 18 hours home in silence with the kids in the back of the car. Oh, God love them. <laughs> was this um, pre-iPad and internet days? Uh, no, it was, it was. At least they weren't bored. <laughs> yeah. Can, there was that. <laughs> can you imagine that happening in the 80s when there was no distraction other than I spy? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, so I was <laughs> I was just turning 35 at that time. So obviously I ended the relationship. Then I didn't want to end the relationship, so I all went a little sideways. But but he was but he was very good in the fact that he was he just took the words the end of the relationship, so he kind of ghosted me anyway. So what I wanted after was vaguely irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a brick wall or an empty email or, or whatever. But to be honest, it was really good because it helped me just literally peel back every layer that I had, everything that needed to break down and fall away within a matter of a couple of weeks, literally just fell away. I was in tears for two weeks, not knowing where I was, waking up in my house, feeling like I was in a place that I didn't even recognise. So I lived out all the time with a dog because I didn't know how to be at home. It was a really, really bizarre thing to go through. Um, and then I went for a job interview um, and it was only a volunteer position, um, working with, uh, of all things, um, women from troubled backgrounds. <laughs> um, and I went to this job interview and ended up, sat for two hours in tears <laughs> and this guy god love him bless him he turned out um he's obviously a bit of a character himself but he was on this coaching kind of uh, journey himself so i think i became a bit of a guinea pig and he and he's, he was really nice and he, he sent me loads of messages every now and then just remember you know kind of lifting the oh, top bloke messages and stuff like that and he always asked permission is it all right if i keep sending you these like yeah so you know what it was it was really lovely you know so I I had that when I fell down that's what I had there to help it was like oh that's really sweet you know so yeah from there I kind of pulled myself back to back together and it's been up and down since then um but that was definitely the pivotal moment so that was I was 35 and now I'm 40 five years ago five years ago so yeah I'm gonna go back just a little bit further if I may because you you mentioned thirty two was you fell ill, yeah. um, but you said you well you hinted at that there was some autoimmune issues prior to that. So, so when do you think your body? Because I find the body has an amazing capacity to react to stress, but the difficulty is it does so well. We then don't pull it back and say, "Oh, actually, you need time out from this," and yes. we we tend to drip feed it, 
And the body keeps coping and coping and coping and then eventually says, no, no, that's enough now, fella. If you're not going to yeah. listen, we're going to have a break then, whether you like it or not, because you're not listening. So <clears throat> yeah. what, what do you think kind of like, and just again, just, just for context, what do you think were the first physical symptoms and roughly what age were you that you, but you were ignoring them? So I was 31 when I first, when I said it was 2000. Yeah. I'd have been two. Yeah. So I had, it's going back now, but I've got this quite fresh in my mind because I, I kind of chronologically, I've ordered this in my mind on purpose because it's really relevant to what I do with people anyway. Um, so having gone through it myself is really useful. I think I was 31 when I first had the signs of depression and really struggling to cope. Um, 32 when the autoimmune issues started coming up and then moving on to 33 when I was, you know, really sit banging against the wall, depressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but nobody knew because obviously it's one of those things you keep to yourself. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I went through all that and, um, so that was, yeah, th 31 was the first sign, looking back, didn't realise, obviously, but looking back, definitely, um, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and like I say, I'm, not, I'm just on 40 now, and my body is literally still recovering from yeah. the hell that, it, that it's gone through. Recovery is not an easy, because it's not an easy road, and sometimes you'll get massive setbacks during recovery, but um, the one thing I've learned, and the one thing I've developed being a coach is understanding that setbacks as as much as they may feel like they set you back actually as long as you're willing to learn why the setbacks there what's caused it and how you can be accountable for it and move on from it actually that setback's just a lesson um, yeah and to be fearful or scared of and it's nothing it's no reason to give up and quit which i think a lot of people do when they find a setback especially because a big setback um i've just gone through one myself i had leaky gut last year didn't realise. I've been in and out of the doctors again last year. Obviously, all, all my autoimmune issues are massively flared up. I've lost half my hair um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so he's been great. Obviously, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Actually, going down arguing with the doctors. I'm like, this isn't happening. This isn't. This isn't working. How do you know? Well, like, you know, I'm a PT, but I study nutrition. I have done that for the last five years because I've had all these issues. And none of you will listen to a word I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I see, refused to see one doctor in the end and went off to see another doctor who I'm pretty sure I just hated me. And I'm like, do you know what? I, I'm sick of doctors just really not listening to people because doctors above all else should understand that autoimmune issues or if a patient's describing issues, even if you can't see the medical -ish side of it, you don't then just fob a patient off and say, oh, well, either take, you know, a couple of antidepressants or some really strong painkillers. Um, it's, it's, for me, that was never going to wash. Um, and so I've always fought back a little bit. And I've, again, I've done the same over the last year or so. I, I didn't realise I had leaky gut, but I kept putting, I put on weight last year. And every time I put on that extra bit of weight, my back would be in agony. I, I just massively blow up. So I wasn't, I wasn't putting on weight through lack of training or, or not yeah. eating right. My digestive system wasn't working properly. But I went to the doctors and I said to them, my digestive system isn't working properly. But they didn't want to know that because it's not a medical diagnosis, you see. Therefore, you know, my dead digestive system isn't working properly. Who do you see? He's like, well, what are the symptoms of that? So I give him the symptoms of that. And I've literally narrowly missed two operations, one on my back and, and, and one, another quite invasive surgery that I would have had had I not discovered that I had leaky gut and was able to fix it myself. It is, it is a frustration. Um, and this isn't, I'm not calling out GPs or having a dig at them because these things are very complex. 
but it, it's just like look physical symptoms are typically distress from the body <clears throat> so unless there's a blood test or an x-ray or an mri that shows a physical ailment you know like an organ failing or something like that it's going to be some form of lifestyle do you know what i mean or some stress induced form of illness can we not kind of focus back on that you know instead of there's nothing wrong with you or take a tablet and I, like i said i'm not calling them out i know it's difficult but maybe if they took that approach they might start seeing a downturn in the amount of patients they have absolutely my argument is down there i think western medicine teamed with eastern holistic medicine if you put them together to really service the patients we would have a lot less patients because we'd have people back in recovery and back in recovery without the need for drugs and all these kind of placating factors that we put around this you know just go go and go and be a little bit more social if that's why you're depressed and you know take a prozac or something because that's why you're depressed yeah um no that's not why let's get to why we're depressed because ultimately if someone's an introvert um and they're depressed telling them to go and be sociable is just gonna make them worse <laughs> just gonna bring on the anxiety yeah, i'm an introvert so telling me to go be social when i when i'm a really mardy bitch is not a really good idea no no it's not I know I'm going to sit there and judge and judge and judge and I'm going to hate myself for judging and I can't help myself for judging because I know it's not who I am but it's how I, I'm feeling about myself so I know exactly where it's coming from um, but it's, it's just not nice to be in that battle with yourself so why put yourself in that position you know being told that that's always where you should be you know do a little bit more of this and do a little bit more of that and no let's let's pull it back a little bit and let's see actually what it is that's causing that in the first place and, and also, that's actually a good point for introverts out there, like you say, is the, the thing about that is sometimes we just don't like people. Do you know what I mean? Introverts aren't necessarily quiet. They just don't want to talk to you. The same as they don't point out, you, you know, I find you being really loud and friendly rude. Do you know what I mean? Me being introvert isn't being rude. It's who I am. And if you're not comfortable, you know, like, <clears throat> I mean, I like, take this. I, I, I clearly have a, would have come across as being comfortable just... I want to randomly talk to somebody I've never met before about what they do. I hate networking. I loathe it. You'll, I never <laughs> turn up to networking seminars or anything like that. And I get invited and it's like, I, I don't want to talk to people trying to flog stuff. But I do want to listen to what you have to say. And there's yes. a difference. Am I comfortable talking to people? Very. Can I talk in front of a crowd? Yes. Do I get nervous? Yes, I do. But I know how to cope with that. But it, if you said to me, oh, we want you to go to a nightclub or something like that, I have zero interest in it. And I just, like you, I'd just be stressed. It's like, no. If you invite me to a networking uh, thing where I've got to meet loads of people I don't know and, and just try and make conversation, I can't do it. Because I, I just, I can't. But I can speak to someone like yourself who I've never actually physically met and just say, can you tell me about yourself? Because actually I'm not doing anything. For most part, I'll keep my mouth shut and listen. <laughs> That's easy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a cop out, but I come across as being really extrovert, outwardly friendly, and confident. Yeah, I am, but I, I'm I'm manipulating the circumstances to suit me. Yes, and absolutely. I'm just and I have an awareness of that, which you can then train and become better at. You know? Yes. So, where did the was it frustration from the the kind of the, the medical profession or was there already an interest in because you actually clearly put on your website it's the holistic approach which yeah. 
do you know what I mean? Holistic has kind of been lost in what it's actually supposed to mean. It's, you know. Yeah. So was the interest already there or, or was it out of, no, I need to find an answer to this? I think, do you know what, it's really, really weird because I remember being having postnatal depression when I was 19 and I gave birth to my first son. And I knew then I didn't actually have postnatal depression. I had depression around the circumstance I was in. I was in a very unhappy marriage. I was in the forces. Um, I was in Germany again. My family support has been next to none over the years, so even then, I didn't didn't. I, I just felt alone. Um, the difference between feeling alone and being alone. I have no problem being alone, but feeling alone can be very different. And at nineteen, it's quite a hard feeling to deal with. Is that everything is down on you? Um, and I was working eight. I was still working eighteen-hour shifts with a newborn baby because that was the expectation of being in the army. So then I was told that I was a nutter, and this includes my husband. My husband was told, "You're a nutter. You need locking up in Vegberg." Uh, which was the, the mental hospital in the art. Yeah, that, that's really helpful. And then my, my alcoholic stepmom say, it's all right to take Prozac, you know, because um, it's just like, you just like having a broken arm. You just need to in your head. I'm like, you tell yourself that, love. I'm not buying into it. And I just, there's, some, there's something in me that never bought into that. As, and I knew nothing. It's not that I had any wisdom or anything of it. Um, and And... I think I've gone back to whenever I've tried to do anything that's been following the advice of somebody else, i.e. go to the doctors, um, listen to other people and done what they've said, despite my intuition feeling not good about it, it's always worked out quite badly. Um, so then the holistic side is actually learning to understand yourself and your intuition. Just because it works for somebody doesn't mean it's bad advice, doesn't mean it's going to work for you, and that's what your intuition's there for. So if you can really learn to hone and tap into that, it makes a massive difference to how you feel about yourself, how you feel about the relationships that you're in, and what you can do about it, and how much control you're prepared to take of that, and feel about it as well. Um, a lot of people do like, it's the usual, confidence, self-esteem, can't do this, can't do that, I don't feel confident. And that's even extroverts as well, well I don't feel confident, so if I'm loud, it's all right, because it kind of takes it away. Um, get that a lot with extroverts um, and it's not it, it's that you you just fail to listen to your intuition because you listen to everybody else too much um, so that's a, was a massive thing that I'm beginning to is I don't tell people what to do I ask people to listen to what's going on in their body and try and tell me what is going on with you and how do you do that for yourself so how do I do that well I've obviously I've, I've now got nine years of really good solid practice trying to put myself back together um, after a, a good number of years of listening to everybody else and, and doing what everybody else said, I, okay, I'll learn to listen to myself. So for me, if I'm run down, if I start having accidents, feeling clumsy, if I feel a bit run down, I know that their immediate instinct cues that my body's saying, stop working, stop doing this, I need to rest, we're not getting enough of the immediate self-care that we need. Um, and it's again, it's one of those things. If you're if you're at work and that's happening, you can't just take time off. This is where I empathise with people. It's not always possible just to take time off and just say to the family, "By the way, my body's not having it. I'm down until I'm not your mum for the day." You know, yeah. we can't do that. Um, but by understanding that that's what's happening, you can plan for rest sooner rather than later. You can plan to take at least a couple of hours out at the end of the day or the beginning of the next day and say, "Actually, do you know what?" I'm looking forward to having my time and my time's going to come just a little bit sooner because if I'm going to continue to look after you a lot, I need to look after myself first. Um, and that's where, it can, that's where it, you know, it's the whole point. We all want to look after ourselves so that we can all be better around our family. It's, very few of us are actually vain enough to think it's just about, oh, I just want to look good in the bikini. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I think for ninety percent of people, it, it's never about that. It's so. But you know what I mean, don't you? It's they're, they're, I find the industry is split into two: the the people that want to look good, and the the, the people that um, actually I'm doing this for health. You know, and I, I've often joked that I do it out of vanity, but it's actually protecting my mental health because I self-loathe when I'm overweight. If I start going in a certain direction, I self-loathe. So it'd appear like a vanity project to stay in shape, but it's actually a mental health project. Yeah. You know, um, absolutely. So just you, you've signed, um, just gone over this a couple of times about being the, um, a mum, but you've never really gone into it because obviously with your clients, I'm guessing a lot of your clients, as you as you focus on on females, um, are mums. Actually, oddly enough, no, and I don't, I don't actually target myself at mums. Um, and the simple reason being is I've never had a problem with it, and I've been a young single parent myself. And my my, my youngest is now sixteen, and so she's well, she's almost sixteen. So I don't have I don't have that mumsy role in the same way anymore. Yeah. So I've got freedom um, compared to to what I used to have. Um, but no, I don't focus myself at mums because I find mums. It's a two. It's two way thing. You find mums want to do boot camp because it's quick and easy and effective. So you yeah. find loads of male PTs. Yeah, we deal with mums boot camps, um, and there's a lot of male PTs that that kind of put put themselves at mum kind of uh, that that demographic. And and for me, I found that a little bit creepy. And I've looked into it a little bit. Men, you know, looking to help women specifically. I get men looking to help people get fit, but men looking to specifically help women. And, and niching down into women. Um, now I, I actually now understand why it used to confuse me. I now understand why women are a lot easier to work with than men. Yeah, that's why. And then that's uh, there's nothing actually. See, it sounds a little bit weird at first, but actually that 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 the underlying reason is that men uh, women are easier to work with than men. And it's as simple as that. Men will men are quite argumentative. They want to fight back. They want to argue back, and they want to be right before they'll, they'll admit that they're wrong. And then they will, you know, there's a different way that's probably better. Um, and it's quite hard work to work with. So I actually get it. Um, but because everybody again saturate themselves into the mum's market, I just thought, you know, actually, who am I? And I'm actually I'm quite a career driven person. I enjoy doing what I do. I enjoy the idea of building my business. That's just not just the personal training. It's actual building a business. It's building something that's going to have legacy, that's going to help other people be employed. It's going to help other people feel good, feel well. It's going to be a whole wellness hub in the long term. Um, so that's what I'm excited about. So what do I know? I'm a woman in business that's still managing my own fitness, my own health and fitness, and my own health and fitness comes before my business. So who do I then help? I help women in business who want to manage their health and fitness again so that they can run the businesses effectively. So I'm more, I, I literally, I, I'm now geared towards professional women. That doesn't mean that, that they don't have kids. Some of them will still have kids. Um, what I don't want is in the nicest possible way, them that focus everything around little Timmy going and doing his violin lessons while Charlotte goes off and doing the ballet. And so, you know, and, and their, their, their whole purpose for living is just around their kids and, and their, they want somebody else to look after them instead of them being prepared to acknowledge and look after themselves. It's it's very difficult to work with that. So until they've come away from that mindset, um, yeah. is the mean that I'm not the person to work with them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give, give me a client that's prepared to take responsibility, and I will show you really fast results. 
absolutely because that's the way it works uh, um, and this is one thing that i deal with is a very the very fundamentals of exercise the very fundamentals of nutrition and the very fundamentals of rest and recovery if you can't get the basics right you you've no basis for growing um so actually and the basics for that is accountability and habits yeah and it's literally that easy if you're accountable to your habits and, and your systems work then you will get to where you want to go you might not get there in the time you want to get in but you you can build confidence and understand actually you're still getting the right results may not be as quick as you want but you're still getting the right results if you want to speed them up what can you do if you want to slow if you think you're going too fast if you need to slow them down what can you do if something happens and life happens as it were because it always doesn't people are it's, it's common com, uh, complaint that well, life just happens um you know where to manage things you know where i you know i can stop i can maintain this for a while while i manage this and then we can come back on it but what i'm not doing is going backwards and losing confidence i'm not losing anything i've still got everything that i've gained and i don't need to lose it you know um yeah accountability and habit yeah and i, I really enjoy i love teaching that um but it, it's it's really hard to get people on board with it <laughs> I, you know it, it's it's um I mean, you, you said something earlier about, um, about you before we actually started this, that you were watching me talk on Instagram, you know, and there's like over a thousand videos. And if you, if you were that bored that you watched a thousand videos, you know, um, <laughs> but people will still say to me, how do you know? He says, so look, I can only put content out. You can only take the value from it. Either resonates with you or it doesn't, you know? So it's, yeah. I won't get on about those clients. Uh, <laughs> Feel free, <laughs> Yeah, it was nearly going down that road. Um, but no, no offense to any of my clients out there, but some of you will know who you are. Um, but funny enough, Caroline would understand that as well. Um, so you you were done. You were actually just talking about um, how you like to about habits and teaching and, and the fundamentals and, and the, the foundations that come in with those structures. So if, if somebody was coming to see you for the first time, you know, you, you can pick the age group, you can pick, in fact, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do, let's start with uh, a 20 something female. She, what would you, how would you assess her? And what would that process be like? So my process, I've literally just updated my process. So the, pro the initial process is a phone consultation. It's just, 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 that's free. I, I don't do free consultations as such. Um, I'm literally, I decided everybody else does it. I'm not into that because ultimately it's a massive amount of my time still. There's still a massive amount of prepping that. There's still a lot of processing to do. Um, and ultimately I give all the feedback and I give all the information back to a client. So um, for me, I, I, I do consultations very different. So the initial phone call is free. So first of all, I'll just ask a few general lifestyle questions um, and mindset questions to see where, where somebody's at, to see if they are a potential client for me. And if not, and I think they're a potential client for somebody else or they need someone that works slightly different to me, I'll just refer them on to somebody else. It's, no, it's not worth it for them or for me um, to, to be locked into a relationship that's not going to work. Yeah, okay. 100%. Yeah, so, so money or not, I don't work for money. I, I, I work because I love what I do and it, and it works for a certain kind of person. So that's who I work for. 
and, and it's as simple as that. So once that's over and they come in for initial consultation, I, I go over a few, um, it, that analysis comes, um, more in depth. So there's a lot of questions around nutrition, options around lifestyle, time that they've got to give, what it is they want, what their goals are, what their aspirations, their dreams, and it could be now, or it could be in the future, it could be both. Just depends on where they are, just really getting a feel for that, who that person is. Um, and then I'll do a physical assessment on them to see just actually where their muscle, their, their physical alignment is in line with what they say they want to do on a physical point of view, because everybody still comes to me for, you know, this is what I want to look like. At the end of the day, I want to lose weight or whatever else. It might not be my focus, but that's still the results ultimately they want. So it's still it's still a massive point. But for me, from a health point of view, it's how do I get you to do that in a healthy way rather than just boot camp you? Anyone can go and boot, can, can boot camp another person. It's so yeah. easy to do. How do I do it in a way that teaches you or gives you your body actually what you need? So the, the physical assessment is very much... Um, it's about understanding where people's, um, not, where their posture is, where their, their alignment might be slightly off balance, um, what mobility, where their mobility and flexibility, all that kind of stuff is. And so to give the foundation to work from, um, so that I know their baseline before we move up and, and get them to their goals. Which just means I know how to write the program for them. It makes it really easy for me to write a program, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than just saying, yeah, we, we, you know, we can, we can do a few pyramid trainings and, you know, a few boot camp trainings and we'll get you there, which to me is a bit like guesswork. I don't, I don't personally, I don't like it. I prefer a very bespoke approach. So that's what I do. So the whole consultation takes about 90 minutes and it's for that tailoring every aspect so that I know exactly what that client needs from a mental point of view, from a nutritional point of view, from a physical alignment point of view, so that I, I, I can anticipate what's going to happen in the future to an extent. Um, and I can have that conversation with them, um, and so we can plan, you know, plan together moving forward. It's, it's not me, it's not me teaching them; it's me coaching them to manage themselves better, um, and that's what it's all about. My job as a coach is to help somebody manage themselves better. It's not necessarily about, yeah, I'll give you this, and this is what you're going to do. They need to know why. They need to accept responsibility for it. How do you help them accept responsibility? <laughs> um, it depends on them. Like I say, I, part of the consultation process is, is about, especially the initial consultation, is, is to understand the mindset as to whether they're going to accept responsibility. If they're not going to accept responsibility and they just want to be boot camped and, or, or just, they just want that kind of PT, that's absolutely fine. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. No. In the there's nothing wrong with that. It's horses and horses. Different people need different things and different things work. And, and it's absolutely fine. So I'm not saying one's better than the other. Definitely not. It's just different people in different stages of where they are need different things. Um, so I, that the whole point of that initial phone call is to work out whether their mindset is, is it, do they want accountability? Do they want to learn for themselves what they need? Do they want to grow into this moving forward? Is it, is it for them a whole lifestyle overhaul or is it just a quick fix? Is it just that, you know, that they, they know everything with nutrition, that they're, they're fine with everything else. They just want training. Um, again, I could take on that client, be fairly easy to work with, but I wouldn't. I, I'd follow them on because I just find more interesting clients to work with them that are ready to take accountability um, and want to go through the whole big process. Because that's actually important because if somebody actually comes to you, you're, you're taking them on because you, you want to give them serious time. You're actually yes. really going to invest in them. And I, I, I don't think people often realise that, 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 that sometimes, and I, I, I want to tread carefully here because I don't, want anyone to get offended which is so easy 
um, but the differences sometimes between PTs, coaches, and the types of people that you might be dealing with is there are a certain type of personality who are just happy to, okay, let's just do this. And then like with yourself, it's just like, no, no, this is what I'm about. And yeah. if you're going to invest in that, I'll, I will invest all of my passion, my heart and soul into helping you become a better person. But if you can't, if you don't need that from me, I can't give it to you either. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I, it's I, very much an all or nothing approach. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah people that just want to be told what to do you know they have stressful lives in another, in another area but they, you know they're ultimately fine and they just want to turn up and be told what to do there's nothing wrong with that you know no. they might not need everything else and that's fine so again there's you know joe blogs works down the gym and he's a really good pt in the gym and he's really good at dealing with clients like that go see him because he's perfect for you that is exactly what he's designed his business model on somebody like you and that's great and, and also, if you actually did it the other way, you'd just be actually a hypocrite about what you're preaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So tell some, uh, on your website, Embrace Life UK, um, just talk us through it because you've got the blog, you've got the courses. And did you say you have a new product coming up? Um. So I'm, yeah. I, Could you I, do nutrition I, as well? So the... The courses that I do online at the moment are both nutrition. I said there's one course that's nutrition based. It's a 21 day habit reset, and um, so people get on there. They, they do. They're quite. It's quite an intense 21 days. There's lots of information given about the foundation, the very very basic level of nutrition. Uh, but it, most of it's focused on habit change and how to change your habits around nutrition. Re recognize what you're doing. Put it in perspective. Change plan moving forward. This is what you need to know about planning your meals. This is how you do it. So that's 21 days of doing that, um, and that. And for them that have got the right mindset to do it, it's mega successful. For them that think that they're, they're, they're going to come and be given a load of free recipe, uh, a load of recipe, <laughs> like not going to work for you, love. Not going to work. Yeah. So I'd say to anybody wanting to come on that, it's, it's really, really, really good because it, it focuses on a habit change. It does give you information on nutrition. It's habit change around nutrition, but what it's not is a diet. And what it's not going to do is tell you exactly what to do word for word. It's about you learning what's right for you. And it's, it's a whole process of coaching you through that over a 21-day period. Um, so it's an introduction to basically coaching. Um, there's a download that goes with that. And again, for the people that might not, not want to do it online, there's a download that's exactly the same course. You can download it and kind of self-coach. Um, I'm there. There's a free nutrition group on Facebook that I have. That people can join if they want that extra support for free. It's there. You know, I, I am relaunching that group in September. I'm just building it back up. I've, I've really just got everything now scheduled and ready to go in that group in September, which is quite exciting moving forward. Um, but I think because of COVID and the way that the world has turned on its head, I was going to try and avoid say say the c word. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way the world has turned on its head in the last few months, it's really and and obviously I've been I'm going through my own healing process myself. Um, I'm I'm working out how many clients do I want to bring in, or do I go back and work part time and just focus on actually making my business online? I've never been into online personal training and for what I do it really can't be done online I can do some of the coaching online and um, but what I can't do is the physical stuff online because I'm very hands-on with the training it's, it's very much about your body being in the right position and understanding that relationship with your body not something I can give you through a screen unfortunately so so rather than focusing just on building the clients coming in that way what I'm 
really focusing that is getting those courses up and running for people to get a, a basically a, an introduction to who I am and the way that I work and that way if they want to come and be clients later on down the line they're more than welcome to but they've got an idea of who I am and how I work you know they've got a nicer introduction to into what, what my business is all about um which is a bit quick it's, it's better I think than just a phone call <laughs> um especially with it being so in-depth and quite intense with what I do it can it definitely comes across quite intense to a lot of people I'm aware of that um, so having a gentle way into that, getting those seeds planted and sown, as it were, and, you know, getting the minds moulded ready um, so that they understand that once they come in, this is quite intense. You, you are accountable for everything that you do um, and I'm going to record it so that you know you're accountable because <laughs> I'm not going to be with being anything other than accountable. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, yeah, so that's where I'm going at the moment with that is I'm trying to move everything uh, most things online to give myself breathing space so I can continue healing I'm probably going to go work at another gym um, and do a lot of some strength and conditioning based um, stuff with other clients which is nice because again it just it gives me freedom to not think it, it's easy training um, and again I get to be in front I get to be around people more often and get to just research the market a little bit within that as well you know so I'm just taking the pressure off myself so I'm only really looking, if, if I take on another one more client this year on a one-to-one -one basis, I'll be happy. But I'm not certainly not looking forward to that because my, my focus is definitely going online for the rest of this year. Um, and then next year, I think once once I'm, I mean, I'm recovering from leaky gut, so it is this two-year healing process. Um, and I'm just a few months into it. So I'm hoping next year, when I've levelled out my energy a lot better, um, yeah, that'll be when I'm really looking to take on three or four clients but again for me it's not about massive numbers of clients it's about a minimum number of clients um, not cheap to work with me but it means all my my energy my my experience my time is putting in to their program so that they're they're getting more than just the pt they're getting everything around it's sustainability i love that word sustainability it's understanding how to sustain this for a life yeah and that's ultimately the value that you get from me is not just a few programs here and there that might work for you this week and give it a couple of years down the line that won't work for you again um you know it's something everything that you learn with me you'll come back to you'll be able to use again and again and again it's it's unlimited value and how do those um those kind of the accountability skills that you um you help people learn how does that cross over into other areas of their life um well areas of their life well, it's everything. If, if the one thing I found for myself, and I read, um, I don't know if you've read James Clear, his book Atomic Habits. Yes. I, yes, I read that twice last year. I just thought, you know what? It's so it makes it so profoundly simple. Um, this this idea of habit change. So I I was all, all aware, aware of this before, but actually listening to his book on on audio books, um, I just thought, you know what? You make it so profoundly simple. This is actually the format I'm, I'm, I'm really comfortable using now. And, I, and I've literally, the, the format that I use is based around what I've learned from James Clear's book. Um, it's really, really useful. And I would advise anyone to go read that book if you wanted something to understand the mechanisms of how we work on a very fundamental without going too deep into psychology. Not everybody wants to do that. It's a really good book to, to go and understand just how to make the little tiny tiny improvements every day and that significant impact at the end of a year you know 
it's not about the instant gratification it's about the it's about understanding that everything's right but everything's got to fall into place so with clients being accountable they've got to be accountable for their relationships um at the time down that they take you know every everything for routining their lives to being to being able to be impulsive in their life when i do say to people you've got to kind of routine your life but what about being impulsive i'm like i'm an impulsive person but you can't be impulsive all the time because then by definition you're not impulsive <laughs> if you have a place to be impulsive from so therefore you have to have a good solid foundation of routine of structure something that keeps you kind of level and balanced and then every now and then if you go off peace with that happy days you know that's absolutely great and that's fine but you know where you're coming back to and it's not sending you haywire coming back um, and your brain's not going in a spin wondering how you get back to normal you already know that, that it's practice it's habit um, yeah. but it's mindful habit it's not mindless habit it's mindful habit and i think this is where people get mixed up with habits a habit is done on autopilot is the definition of something that you just do it could be something as simple as picking your nose or brushing your hair in the morning you know whatever it is that you, that you don't think about it's on autopilot but actually when you start calling those habits out and understand ah this is what i do why this was a reaction to this that's why i do it Ah, now that I know that, I can change that. And, and it's that, it's giving yourself that control. It's permission to have control over yourself. Yeah. And the only thing we ever can have control over is ourselves. Otherwise, we want control over everybody, everybody else. And we know how fundamentally that works not well. <laughs> no, 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 it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work well at all. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what I do. I, I focus on, on every. I did it actually my, my massive revelation for a client of mine this year was and i've said to her for over a year i said we need to you, you're too stressed and i said you don't i know you don't feel as stressed as you were because she's recently given up her business and she's spending more time in retirement and she needed to fix her knee but she needed she needed a whole lifestyle overhaul as well so i took her on as a client and um so but she was struggling with still elements of weight loss despite doing Zumba and yoga and my class and then coming to train with me, you know, when, when do you actually rest? Well, um, I get in the bathroom from time to time. <laughs> okay. No, when do you actually let your brain rest? Because when she's in the bath, she's reading or she's listening to something. And when do you actually, oh, my brain doesn't really rest. That's why you're not losing weight. Yeah. Because your cortisol levels are high. And if your cortisol levels are constantly high, it's keeping hold of any bit of energy that you've got. And guess where it stays? It stays around the visceral area where nobody wants to hold weight, <laughs> you know, in the, in the stomach. Um, because you, your body's constantly waiting to be attacked. And the very basic metaphor, you know, the tiger there, we need to run. <laughs> you yeah. know, but people don't understand that if that brain if that brain doesn't relax then then the muscles don't relax so you might think you're in a bath chilling out but if your brain's not relaxed then your muscles are still tense therefore they're, they're not able to, your body's not able to draw its energy to other areas to get your digestive system working properly to get everything metabolizing and passing through as it should because it's, it's diverting energy to other areas waiting waiting for you to respond and if you don't respond the energy stays put yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's how you gain weight everybody that's how it happens <laughs> are you able to go into a bit more detail because i don't think people really understand how cortisol works in your body right so cortisol works with adrenaline and noradrenaline and, and i'm still a bit sketchy on this i'm definitely not the expert on this but i've done a lot of reading up on this um 
so I, I do understand fundamentally how it works. So cortisol is known as a stress response hormone. Um, so the fight, flight, freeze as, as we know it now. And a lot of NLP practitioners go through all this and kind of and, and get their clients to really understand this. Now, I'm not an NLP practitioner, but I, I, I do understand the basics of how it all works. Um, again, I'm a bit like a, a holistic GP. I know how a lot of things work, but I'm not a specialist. No, I, I'm, I'm the same. <laughs> um, so, so if you're if you're if you're mentally under attack because you're busy and you're thinking about this and you're anxious and you're worried about what's to come, your your body doesn't understand the difference between you feeling mentally stressed or physically stressed. It responds just the same. So all that energy that your body, all the calories that your body would normally burn for digestion for just normal function, just being able to see or balance or you know all the normal things in life. Your body's actually thinking that all this energy that we've got left in the body needs to go and, and be ready to respond. So your insulin kicks up, uh, which uh, which again it again it, it kicks up the um the, the sugar, the glucose into the bloodstream, waiting for you to respond, and that's it. There's no response. So where does that energy go? Um, and ultimately all the energy that would have been used to metabolize your food to to rest and then let your body repair and recover from it from other things you've not you've just wasted it going through your bloodstream because you've not you've not turned your brain off as it were it's the best way i can think to think to um, explain how that works um, and going back to tracy when we came um into lockdown um, Tracy was still doing everything, but she had no choice but to rest her brain because there was a lot less for her to do. She couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like she was suddenly trapped. So then, when she suddenly came back, when she came back to me, when we were allowed to have clients back, she said, "Well, I've lost weight." I said, "Of course you have." I said, "How stressed are you?" Well, I'm not really because I've not seen my mum and I'm not seeing so and so and I'm not seeing so and so. So, so your brain's rested then? She said, "Yeah." I said, "What lesson have you learned?" Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then all the dynamos tumbled. <laughs> um, so now my, my battle with Tracy is not it's not her losing weight or her training or her nutrition. All that is on point. My battle with Tracy is, and my battle with most clients is always going to be understand that rest and recovery means your brain, not just getting in a bath or going for a nice massage. You know, it means literally switching your brain off and you've got to find a way to do it. And meditation's a really good way. Reading isn't necessarily always a good way. Um, because if you're reading and you're reading something that, you know, that's, again, playing with your emotions, you're, your whole body's still responding energetically to it, whether you think you are or not. Your, your, your mind is, therefore your body is. Uh, so it's really got to, this is why meditation works so well. Um, things like binaural beats and stuff like that because it's just that vibration of keeping everything on a nice steady level so your body can do what it needs to do to recover to repair and to give you back what you want from it so that you can carry on with life well how's that working for them for, for tracy well for, for any of your clients when when they follow it what what results do they see when they follow it, it it's like magic um, and it's the same for me you know I, I i literally practice what i preach um it's the same for me if i if i start getting a bit clumsy and today i've i've chopped the end of my finger off today my nail 
And I'm like, I know why I've done that. I know exactly why I've done that. Because I wouldn't normally. It's been 18, literally, and I'm a former chef. So it's been years since I chopped my finger <laughs> in the kitchen. Um, and now I'm, getting, I'm trying to do too much. I'm trying to think too much. It's not actively, physically doing too much. It's I'm thinking too much. So I, I'm now thinking, you know what? Whilst every, there's a lot of other things within me that are calming down, a lot of the inflammation that I've been feeling is calming down, and then the dry skin's gone and my hair's growing back. And all. So everything's going in the right direction. But for me, that was a massive cue today, thinking you need to take a couple of days to do nothing because you're still healing from me. Your body is still going through a lot, despite what you're doing, despite the fact that your energy levels are up and I'm back to normal. I still need to listen to the cues, and sometimes the cues are having accidents. Yeah. Nobody else in the kitchen, you know, it was just me and myself and getting distracted over nothing. Um, and that's what caused that. And the reason we do that is because my head's too busy. Because we're not. Yeah. You know, and I say the same to my clients, you know, if you, if you oh, I'm just, I'm just naturally clumsy. No, you're not. No one's naturally clumsy. Your, your, your brain's just too busy. You need, you need to learn to calm it down. It's a cue. If you feel clumsy and off balance, it's a cue. That's that's why meditation practices, or that, that's what they actually mean when they talk about being present, mm. is you focus on one thing at a time. So if you yeah. if you're chopping, focus on chopping. Forget what's going on, focus on chopping. But we we go off on these tangents without even you know uh, planning it. So um, one of the things I, which is still related to your website, and it's the thing I emailed you. Once you've got the fundamentals down. You have something to build on, Michael yeah, Jordan. I love that guy. I loved him. Did you watch? Have you yeah, watched? I did. I expect to ask you the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say about that documentary that hasn't already been said. But anyone, if you haven't watched The Last Dance on Netflix, watch it because the guy yeah. was phenomenal, and you understand why all those athletes actually say, "No, nah, no, nah, the, the guy." is the greatest ever you know yes without a shadow of a doubt it's 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 about it's focus focus solely on what it is that you want um everything else around you falls into line the people you love will still be there if if they love you they want the best for you as well so they'll fall in line with your vision and will support you through it um yeah yeah go watch the last dance it's it's brilliant but for me it's funny because i've been saying this for a long time about the fundamentals and and literally with, with pts and physiotherapists and all sorts i can split the room when, when i when i say body alignment and posture you can split i can literally split a room whereas half will say yeah posture really matters and half will say uh you know it's been proven to be a load of crap um and, and i deal with body alignment is one of my first specialties body alignment and actually when i see people try to london they can't london their mobility is impaired and stuff like that what i'm looking at is body like what i'm looking at is muscles which aren't working yeah um, which i'm for uh, what muscles are overworking overused muscles overstressed and when i did literally when i go back to the initial consultations this is literally what i'm looking at is the is the overuse and the underuse and the, and the lack of balance in the body and um, so for me it's about putting balance back in the body when i'm writing a program still giving the the client exactly what it is they want to achieve from it but at the same point putting balance back in the body and getting the client to really understand what that that means and for me that is the fundamentals it's balance back in mind balance back in food balance back in body balance back in self-care it doesn't mean we have to self-care every second of the day you know but it means we have to be uh, we become mindful more of our, our own little nuances 
and we don't just say oh well it runs in the family that's why i do it i've done it all my life that's why i do it sorry this cop out yeah <laughs> you know we're not into stuff like that anymore you know why is it one of the most dangerous phrases um, that's ever used is well we've always done it that way yeah you know that sorry doesn't wash with me <laughs> and if you're going to come and work with me you know you've got to lose that mindset of well it's always been done that way so why change it you change it to suit who it needs to suit um to get you to your goals so if it needs changing i'm sorry we're going to change it that's just the way it is and it is it's the fun the very fundamentals of everything look at your vision look at your goals look at what it is you want to achieve know you're a good person so you don't have to worry about going around people pleasing <laughs> you know you don't wish it along the world and you're not you're not wanting to start wars so don't worry about anything else if anybody else has a negative view towards what you're doing understand it's more in being it's their problem and not yours <laughs> you know it doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing what it is that you want to do yeah or that you should compromise who you are for the sake of moving somebody else forward even if that's your children <laughs> and i'm gonna start there you shouldn't compromise yourself for your children i don't believe because you are i think as parents and we forget this we are the very fundamental role models for our children and if when we see our parents compromising all the time we're likely to follow in our parents footsteps and we've seen this happen through generations now and the 80s and 90s kids and all that kind of stuff and we when we see where we are now as well my parents did it this way so i've done it this way how's that working out for you yeah you know in the nice i was actually working out for your parents because they did that way as well but the world has evolved and moved on society has evolved and moved on everything will always evolve and change therefore we either evolve and change with it or we say well so and so did it like that so it must be right you know it might have been right for them but make it right for you no and it's a funny thing because there's certain patterns in human behavior where we continually evolve and adapt and then there's certain patterns where people try and stay rigidly fixed. You know, we will move, we will move with modern technology and spend, you know, vast amounts of wages keeping up with modern technology, but we won't, or a new fad, a new fashion, whatever, but then won't adapt a fundamental, just a basic structure to how we, our outlook on life, you know, how we think, how, how we receive criticism or anything like that. Um, what are the, this is going to be a tricky one actually, because your assessment probably covers a huge amount of it before somebody ever gets to take up your time. What's likely to get somebody rejected? Um, for me, it's all mindset. If I think, again, this is why I have the phone call first. If I think, if, if somebody phones me and they have done plenty, let's say phone me, they get in touch with me on Messenger, then I say, do you want a quick phone call or a chat about it? And it can be, and I've quite, I've had quite a few since I've been in Salisbury. It's, yeah, I, I just want to lose weight and then drop a dress side. I'm like, okay, straight away. As soon as they say that to me, I'm like, do you know why? Yeah, well, I just feel fat. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other PT that I'm not sorry you just did that tinder movement like swipe <laughs> yeah. yeah right but yeah that's pretty much what i feel like because i have nothing to say to that in the nicest possible way that's um, true because i can't relate to it therefore there's there's pts out there that can completely relate to it yeah. and that's what they focus on and that's great there's nothing wrong with it that might be all that person needs they might be fine in every other respect but it's not what i do yeah and 
does that. Um, I was teaching for the NHS last year and I was teaching nutrition and exercise, um, funnily enough. Um, and one of the girls on the course here, she came up to me. I say girl, she's a woman. She came up to me on the course, a young mum of, of, of three young girls, and she said to me, she said, I want to lose weight. And I said, well, you're here on the right course. You know, this is what the NHS has provided this course for and I'm teaching. She said, but you're a PT. I said, yeah. She says, can you help me lose weight? I said, um, like I said, you're on the right course. Um, you, weight is about nutrition and habit more than it is about anything else. She says, no, actually, um, said, what else is it that you're after? She says, well, actually, I'm... I'm Training. I want to be a firefighter and I can't pass a fitness test. I said, that I can help you with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because suddenly it's, there's a, there's a very specific aim. Um, but, but she was prepared to change everything as well. She was literally prepared to up all her lifestyle to get the result that she wanted. Um, so, but I did, again, I had that conversation with her. I said, look, you're on the course for nutrition. Um, so that's fine. Whatever you're doing here is absolutely fine. Um, but if we're going to get you firefighter fit from where you are, it's, it's, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot involved for, for the timeline that you've got in mind. And there's going to be quite a massive change processing that. Like she was, like I said, she had three young girls, um, but she did. She found a way to make the time to do it. And that's exactly what she did. And within six months, she passed that firefighter test. And, she, um, and I had a, I actually, I, I had a conversation with her at the beginning of the year. She said, it's so easy, that test now. I can't believe I found it so hard. <laughs> Wasn't it? Well done, her, though. Congratulations to her. Yeah. Um, but again, that was all her hard work and effort. It's my knowledge. And yeah. yeah, I through it. But it's her hard work and effort. It was her being accountable. She knew on a weekend, if she was going out and having gin and tonic with her friends and drinking and partying on the weekend, that she was going to pay for it through the week. But she also knew she was in her 20s and she bounced back quite quickly. And she did, you know, through the week, she really put in the work and she might still then go and enjoy herself on a weekend with her friends. And, and you know, she, she's a great young mum. She works from home. Um, and and she's she's quite amazing, actually. She, she's, she's a very busy woman um, with all these things going on. And then she's trained to be a firefighter. Um, but she's one of those women, and, and, I, just, and I just see, I, like, you know, I can admire that because I see where it is that you're wanting. I, I see your bigger vision, and for me to be a small part of that journey yeah. to get you there is absolutely fantastic. So whilst I didn't do the whole quite in-depth with her as I would do with a client now, it was definitely enough for the period that was in, and she was committed enough. She, she was literally of the right mind to be able, you know, we could fly her through that, and we did within six months. We got her from barely being able to run to passing firefighters fitness. So that's a proud a, a proud moment for both you and her. Like I said, I was ill last year and I didn't even know what was wrong with me last year. So I kept going backwards. So when I'm going backwards and yeah, I can keep pushing my clients forward, like at least I'm doing something right with somebody, even if it's not myself. <laughs> do you um <laughs> do you ever get bouts of self doubt? I don't think that that imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff are oh, literally by the for the last 18 months I have lived nothing but that as, I, as I've been going backwards thinking I know what I'm doing I know what I'm reading I know what I'm researching I know what I'm doing with the clients and it's all working I can't get it working for me um because I couldn't get it working for me I obviously lost a little bit of faith in what I was doing how I was doing it um but it didn't stop me trying and it didn't stop me moving forward. It didn't stop my belief system in thinking, actually, I know I'm doing everything right, so I've just got to find what's wrong, what's not quite connecting. Um, so, yeah, so within all that time, obviously, 
when you can't when you can't do for yourself what you advocate for your clients yeah you can start to feel a little bit hypocritical um, <laughs> in in many ways but, no i got over it <laughs> so but how how do you get over it because that's probably one of the most fundamental things is you can have all the tools Yes. but that's not always enough again speak to other experts you know i like i say i'm i'm good at the training bit i'm no. very good at the change bit for you and that, and yeah yeah how, how did you get over it this is what i'm saying i, I again I, I spoke to other experts i really there's, there's nutrition experts out there there's people there's other coaches out there that i know i i, I went and we Caroline and I did a couple of session swaps. So I got to know a little bit more about how she works. She got to learn a little bit more about how, how I work. Um, and I just explored different areas that I thought this could be affecting it. This could be affecting it. This could be affecting it. So if, if I go and be accountable again in these areas with these people that know a little bit more about uh, than I do, uh, then maybe I can find something. So I did all the mindfulness. It was nothing to do with, with my ability to meditate or switch off. I could do that just fine. In fact, I think Caroline was surprised herself just how quickly I can switch off. <laughs> I'm more practice for this. <laughs> but it is a really good skill to have. Uh, as it turned out, when I, when I spoke to my friend, Laura, who was a nutritionist, um, and I went through all the symptoms with her, she said, she said to me, she said, it sounds like you've got leaky gut. I said, oh, really? That's really interesting. She said, yeah, do FODMAP. So I looked a bit more into that, and I'd already looked into microbiome. This is what I mean. I research all the time, and this is how I keep my confidence up. And how I, if I didn't research and I didn't study, I would constantly think I wasn't good enough. Okay. And I would constantly be in imposter uh, um, syndrome. But because I do so, and this is the point, I do study and I do make those those valuable connections with other experts. Um, that's basically how I keep my confidence up um, and my. Um, the confidence in what I do as well in the processes that I go through. I'm like, well, you, you can't work for a million and other one people, and then suddenly I'm the anomaly. I'm not that special. We, it's a good yeah. thing to learn as an individual. You're not that special. It's a really nice lesson to learn. Um, <laughs> Very true. Yeah. A few of a few people are, and we do have do have extremely rare problems, but very few of us. Like I say, my friend Laura, she she said to me, she said it sounds like you've got leaky gut syndrome. So I went back and forth and I found out about um I've done some stuff on research on microbiome and resetting your biome and all that kind of stuff so I found another person that sold a microbiome kit for, for reset and I did a 21 day reset in microbiome and which did my energy levels they, they dipped at first she did say to me she says you, you might actually feel worse before you feel better she says, but don't worry about it carry on and I'm glad she said that because actually not that I would have thought I'd have been like this in work and I couldn't be doing I did because she said that at the beginning. I'm like, fair enough. She's already warm with this. I can carry on. And literally, for two weeks, I found it really, really difficult. And in week three, my energy levels just went up. And thought, I've not had this much energy since I, since I can't remember. Um, and I could start to train again without atrophying and without needing weeks to recover. So, I, wow, this is actually pretty good. So, whilst I've done more research into my condition and I know what it is, I also know that it will heal. And yeah. some days I'll do really, really well. And some, you know, I'll go for a run and I'll do a four mile run in, I don't know, less than 40 minutes. And some days I'll go for a four mile run like this morning. It'll take me the best part of an hour. Just depends where my body's at, you know, and what it wants. And again, I can't stress enough the importance of listening to your body, even when training. In fact, especially when training, listen to your body because it's giving you all the cues that you, that you need. Eh? Your body will tell you what care you need to take of it you're prepared to listen yeah and that's it it's that simple if you're 
able to listen to your body, you know what you need to do to look after yourself. That's simple. So what what cues should people, where, you know, focus in? Could we use things like listen to your body cues and stuff like that? But what's symptoms or a, can you give examples of what listening should be like? I can go through a whole list of symptoms that I've had through the years. The best <laughs> place be to start. Example. Yeah, from your hair falling out, which can be quite extreme, to just feeling tired, not feeling yourself. So tired lethargy and anxiety they're probably three really common ones where people start to feel really anxious and you feel really pent up that is a cue for your body your body it's your mind saying that i want to stop working just give me a rest you know it's not that you have anxiety necessarily it's that you just need to stop thinking yeah because if you stop thinking and give that they give the brain muscle a rest you'd find that actually the brain's really good at working out solutions when you're not focusing on just the problem and it's again it's where all those quotes come from if you focus on the problem then the problem is the problem yeah you know yeah but actually the the, the problem is the solution if you sit yourself back and just kind of think well there's nothing i can do about it right now thinking's getting me nowhere so you know what i'm just not gonna think you yeah. know just talk to yourself like that a little bit and eventually you start to kick in and you start to be able to kick take control of those thoughts so yeah your thoughts are a massive cue into i need to take care of myself if you start if you start feeling like you're judging or saying yes for the sake of saying yes or you're feeling like you're lacking control um they're really good cues they're really just good mental cues that you actually you need to take a step back um physical cues can be anything from like i said lethargy be your eyesight going it can be being a little bit clumsy going off balance things that you wouldn't necessarily associate with being ill but eventually lead to actually more serious things going on um, it can be an upset stomach migraines all of these little nuances that we have through life and um, like eczema and psoriasis and you know these things that people don't automatically assume that are stress related actually in all the studies that i've done is becoming more and more obvious and more and more agreed that these are all stress related they are related specifically to a stressful lifestyle if you don't have a stressful lifestyle the chances of these happening to you becomes really 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 slim it's not even necessarily that genetics plays a massive part it's lifestyle lifestyle is so important so yeah take the cues anything that you feel that's a bit off with your body if you're feeling just a little bit mentally unbalanced stop pause how that why that could be what is it that's on your mind that's causing you to feel that so just to sort of get close to rounding up you've got just say you've got a magic wand and somebody comes along and say i want uh and it's not really possible but we'll just do it for fun a generic plan that everybody needs to follow right yeah i'm glad you took that so seriously there <laughs> Generic plan. <laughs> no, absolutely. But just kind of generalizing for the general public, so to speak. So how many? Hang on, just how many times a week would you like to see people exercise, having proper downtime, having social time, and what roughly kind of how much time would you like them to dedicate to? their food their diet that sort of thing do you know I mean just a, a generalized let's segment this into a healthy before you find out your individual tolerances and parameters for something here's a starting base where we can tweak things so 
So a starting base with food would be to plan your food ahead of time. If you plan your food ahead of time, you're going to save yourself loads of time. So ultimately, you need about an hour, an hour and a half, just plan the weeks and months ahead. Doesn't mean you have to go shopping, doesn't mean you have to do every detail about it. But if you've got an idea what's coming up, you're prepped for it. It's something off your mind. It's great. It gives your mind a chance to rest. Anything that gives your mind a chance to rest is good. Yeah. It's why your jobs wore the same clothes every day because it means you didn't have to think about it. <laughs> yes, that's true, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it's, it's, it comes across a, a lot of scale of very, very successful people. Is there certain things they just do the same every day to stop their mind having to worry about it? That's yeah. literally it. So the more you can routine, routine your exercise, um, try and do something daily. That doesn't mean go and do a hit class or a boot camp class every day, but it, 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 anything from yoga to just moving your body, just getting up and walking, housework is classed as exercise. So even if it's just taking care of your personal admin, your, your housework, cleaning your space around you, you know, decluttering, that's really good. It's physical and mental exercise. It's physical and mental de-stress. That's actually really good for your for your body as well. Um, so that's we've covered food. We've covered a bit of exercise there. But yeah, go go for about five days. The government go the government guidelines on exercise is thirty minutes five days a week. I would say do something every day. Get get moving every day. Your body gets your body doing what it needs to function as it needs to function. Your body loves movement. Movement is life. Minute we stop where we're still, everything stops and stagnates, and that's where disease springs from. Um, so if you can just remember that, if you stop and stagnate for too long, disease will happen. Whereas if you keep everything flowing, it's why with yoga they call it yoga flow. It's flow, it's flow movement. Keep everything moving, um, but that doesn't mean battering it and keep moving double time. Yeah. It means keep everything moving, nice and steady. You know. Um, some days it can be going for a run. Some days it can be just walk, having having a walk. But just keep everything moving and keep the mind moving as well. If 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 you're physically moving, the mind will move on from where it's stuck. Whereas if you're not if you're not um, physically moving, I find the mind tends to stagnate too, and then you know depression kind of comes from there. Yeah. Um, in my experience, again, I'm not the expert in that area, so I'm going to just be careful what I say there. Um, but that, again, that, that's from what I understand how that works. So that's food, that's exercise. And with everything, routine, if you routine and schedule and be accountable for as much as you can, that's your everyday stuff in life, um, and you take that pressure off absolutely everything, then whatever else life may throw at you, you're not thinking about everybody everything else all the time because you've routined it you've scheduled it in as it were it's easy to deal with those things that you're not expecting um that happen in life and, yep. and everything's about making stress easier to manage and the and the people that can seem to manage a lot of stress is because they routine and schedule as much of their life as they can and i'm exactly the same the more i routine and schedule what i do even if i get up on a morning and i don't feel like running if that's what I scheduled him to do, then I'll go and do it anyway. Why? Because I know it'll make me feel better if I do it because I scheduled it in and I'm staying accountable to myself. Um, again, it's habit and accountability. I think if I can stay into the habit and if I can stay accountable to the habits mindfully, then at least I know even if it wasn't a great run and I walked most of it, I stayed accountable to the habit. I stayed accountable to the process that I told myself I'm going on to meet the goals that I want to meet. Um, that's what it's about. But with regards to that, schedule as much as you can, but have a vision, have an idea of where it is that you're heading because it's really hard to schedule and it gets really monotonous scheduling and planning if you don't know where you're going. Yeah. 
So I think have an idea of where you're going and it starts to suddenly make it a lot easier to do everything else that seems very boring and very mundane around it, but it starts to make it more appealing and more exciting. And the more we can make it exciting for ourselves, the easier it is. And that's probably a great place to finish. Thank you. <laughs>